Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews, and today we are in Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to Yahweh his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to Yahweh out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head as the, at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Yahweh, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered Yahweh, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to Yahweh. And Yahweh spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. This is the word of the Lord. As we saw yesterday, Jonah swallowed up by the great fish because he had fled. He was not going to do what God had given him to do, which was to speak to the people of Nineveh, call them to repent of their evil ways, and to trust in the Lord. And so Jonah ends up doing the evil thing and running away from God. And here... Uh, we get to see his prayer of repentance. It begins really with the idea of a miracle here, as the last chapter ended with this fish that swallowed up Jonah for three days. The fact that Jonah could live inside of a fish for three days, that he could be sitting there and offer up a prayer to God, is a miracle of the Lord, a wonderful, wonderful reflection here for us. Now, immediately, one of the first things that jumps out about Jonah's prayer is that he anticipates God responding to his prayer. He anticipates not just a response, but an exact response. He anticipates that God will restore him and bring him up out of this this death. God will answer me. God heard me. Sheol, again, is the depths of the earth. So Jonah admitting that he has gone down into what oftentimes was considered to be death. Sheol, death, are words that can be used interchangeably at times. He has been cast into death, into the deep. Verse 4, we see his repentance. I am driven away, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. He turns. He turns from, from his own action where he had fled, and he now turns to God, to his temple, which the temple signifies the idea of God's presence, as it was where his throne was in his people, in the midst of his people. And it also is the idea of sacrifice, where the people would go for forgiveness of sins. Verse 5, he acknowledges that desperate state that he's in, as he is now sunk into the earth. He's at the roots of the mountains. He's underground. Verse 5 is also interesting with this idea that the weeds are wrapped around his head like a burial cloth. We can ask our children about this one. Um, what what people in God's word can you think of that were wrapped in burial cloth? I know our, our easy picture goes to a picture like a mummy today as we think of cultural things, but 
let's stick to God's word here, and we can come to the idea of Lazarus in John 11, and also Jesus at the end of pretty much each of the gospel accounts. Jonah recognizes in verse 6 that he failed. He failed to save himself, but God did save him. So Jonah, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. His failure led to death, but it is God who brought him life out of the pit. Verse 8 is an excellent way to say it. Our rebellion against God, our worshiping of false idols, is our own doing. It is We abandon God's love. We abandon God's grace, which is always there for us. God always wants to forgive. God always wants to love and to share life. We simply find ourselves, like Jonah did, running away from that in our sin. And so God is regularly calling us to repent, like the Ninevites and like Jonah the prophet. Verse 9, that he would sacrifice to God as a sign of trust. That is what our sacrifices are, whether they were the animal sacrifices in the Old Testament or our sacrifices of our time, talent, and treasures today. That we would take the things that the Lord provides to us, we would offer them back to him, acknowledging that they come from him, he provides for us, and he will continue to provide for us in what we need. And then in verse 9, at the end of it, salvation belongs to Yahweh. Jonah knows this, the sailors know it from chapter 1, and we know it, that salvation comes from the Lord. Verse 10, finally, Yahweh spoke to the fish. God's word does stuff. His creation listens to him. When God speaks, creation does what he asks it to do. And so here he tells it to return Jonah, and the fish returns Jonah uh, in a very visible way, vomiting Jonah up onto the dry land. Another question we could use to talk to our kids about here is, uh, when do we repent or when should we repent? We are called to turn away from our sins, to turn to the Lord, and we are called really to have this as our life, not just a singular moment, but that we would live a life of repentance, that we would always be seeking to turn from our sin and to turn to the Lord. So always is a good answer. Confession and absolution is another good answer that you may hear. The idea that we either do this as a group when we come to worship as the church, or we can do this individually. Your pastor is available to do a private individual service of confession and absolution for you, uh, especially valuable if and uh, you're feeling grieved by a particular sin or just really guilty or weighed down by something in particular. This can be a very uplifting and encouraging thing to hear those words spoken directly to you face to face that your sins are forgiven in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.